Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Sadie, and this is my podcast, Student of the Universe, where I talk about astrology and anything that interests me just because of my birth chart. I just woke up. I don't know if you can hear my morning voice, but I really needed, I like ran into this room. Actually, I ran to the kitchen to feed my cat because she was yelling at me. Oh my God, she's here. I won't get into the habit of talking about a dream every single time I make a podcast, but I really had two bangers in a row this week. And also, I just have really interesting dreams. Whenever I talk to other people about my dreams, they're like, that has never happened to me before. So I just want to know if this has ever happened to you. Um, When I have recurring dreams, yeah, like, they're like the same dream again. But last night's dream was like a chronological recurring dream. So I had the first part of the dream, which is something I've had before. There's this girl and her big sister and we're best friends, right? Like I'm, well, I'm mostly best friends with the girl, but she has a big sister who's cool and hangs out with us too. And their parents own this little like cafe type thing. And that's usually where we hang out with. That's like as much as I can remember in terms of reality facts without getting too abstract for you. But I remember having the part of the dream where it's like, this is girl, this girl's my best friend and she's a big sister and we're sitting at their parents' cafe all day, right? But this time I remember like being like, oh, I've been here before. Like I've actually had this dream before while I was having it, but I didn't mind. I enjoyed that dream. It's a nice one. Um, And in the dream, the first time I had it, which was a while ago, I had a huge crush on the big sister in my dream. Like, I was just, like, always trying to talk to her, make a connection with her. And then last night in the dream, there was a second part to the dream that had never happened before. And that's where time kind of aged us all. Um, And the big sister ended up having a boyfriend and a kid and took us to the apartment. And she's like, look, this is what happened while you were gone. So it was weird because the people in my dream were also acknowledging that I had been gone for a very long time. And it was also strange being there and being like, oh my God, like the last time I was in this dream, I had this huge crush on the big sister and now she has a whole family. Like, I mean, it makes sense. The last time I had this dream, I was probably in high school. That's like years and years ago. But it begs the question to me, and I've always wondered this, where do I go when I'm dreaming? Because I really do think I'm going somewhere that actually exists. Like, how is it holding up chronological time so well that there are progressions in these dream characters' lives? And in addition, I had a really emotional experience with the best friend, the younger sister, where she's like, she said to me, like, why did you always have a crush on my sister? You know, I loved you. And then... I was like, what? What is going on here? Like, I had no idea. And it was just really weird because, like, why are all these things? Like, I was just really caught off guard by how aware everyone was that I was in a dream, but they were in a dream. And they were telling me how they felt for me to just show up again like this. Like, I've had a few dreams like that before where, like, I've had one before where this girl's like, you're my girlfriend. And I'm like, no, you're, no, um, I'm not your girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. I just can't remember her name now. And she's like, how dare you say that to me? Like, we've been dating for this amount of time, whatever. And then I realized, like, she really was my girlfriend in whatever 
parallel universe I had traveled to at night, but I was trying to remember the name of the girlfriend who I had in reality. So she got really offended, like genuinely hurt that I said that. And I was like, oh, fuck, like maybe uh, my soul travels into other people's bodies and just like experiences their life or something. Or maybe it's actually me in other places. I don't know. But I just wanted to open up my podcast today with something that is fucking with my mind and probably going to affect the tone of the podcast. (laughs) Actually, while we're on the topic of dreams, I thought that I would ask someone to share a story with me that kind of creeps me out. Well, first of all, it was a near-death experience type thing. I didn't actually die because I don't think you can die in dreams. I don't think that's a thing. Basically, I was like, she's saying this because I posted on my Instagram story about having a dream while I was on vacation recently that I basically like felt like I was dying in the dream but like I also felt like I was dying in real life like when I woke up I was kind of like surprised that I was like still alive so I don't know I thought that was like a thing that most people felt where you just felt like you were dying or something really how many times have you had a dream like that like none like that intense like sometimes they're more intense but usually it's pretty chill how did you die in that dream um someone asked me to help kill them kill this dude and then he had a bodyguard so i fought the bodyguard and then when i came out to help them with the main dude they were like gone and the guy like turned into like a tv type dude and just pulled me closer and was like better kill me it was really weird bro (laughs) but it was so intense like i was like really like i was so mad because my (laughs) friend like left me to die so i was like really it felt like it was maybe like the dream version of near death it could be completely different i definitely don't know what it's like feels like to about to die but were you scared or were you like yeah i literally was like crying in my dream and stuff. i was like please and then i mean i don't know you never die in dreams have you ever died in a dream no yeah you can't i don't think you can die in dreams like i woke up before i died but i just thought i was about to die okay let me ask you some questions have you ever had a reoccurring dream yeah. Have you ever had a reoccurring dream where, like, you have a part that you've dreamt before, but then more is added onto it? Mm-mm. No. It's always, like, the same one. What's, like, like the most common reoccurring dream you've ever had? Um, the one where me and dad go to this futuristic Walmart, <laughs> and then when we walk out, um, these guys in this gray car shoot us, and they kill dad, and I have to hide under the, like, curb of the sidewalk to not get shot and i like played okay, it how do you hide under a curve you like the sidewalk you know how you have to step up from the street yeah. i was hiding under it because it's like pretty tall um, and i just played dead but i'm pretty yeah. sure they knew that i was alive and then wow, why go. do you have such violent dreams oh you know what you play video games <laughs> yeah all right well thank you so much for sharing your story that was sawyer my youngest brother the moment sawyer left i got this urge to dye my hair and i think i need to do that right now Okay, I feel much better. My hair was blonde, and now it is even blonder. Okay, so I was just practicing with sound effects, but I really did dye my hair blonder. That was not a lie. You know, it's weird because normally I would do YouTube videos, and I've been making YouTube videos since I was seven years old, so it's just really weird to not have that visual aspect of this content creation, and I think that's kind of why I was like, what if I just, like, 
made it sound like I drove to the grocery store. There's a lot to learn about making podcasts and there's a lot of, you know, being a YouTuber for like over 10 years of my life, which is such a mind fuck. Being born in 1999 is so weird. But yeah, just like in the the fact that I could edit it to be any way I wanted it to be visually in my YouTube videos, there's a little bit more of a challenge in podcasting itself, but I'm really excited to face that challenge and just become better at making content overall. While I'm talking about being born in 1999, I feel like everybody is quick to make fun of Gen Z and I'm, I don't blame them. We deserve it. But the other thing is like, could you imagine like anyone who was born before the internet's prime? I just don't even like, do you even like take the time to acknowledge how fucked up we are and not even just in a bad way, but like. Personally, I find it really hard to believe that boomers don't understand the way that we use the internet because they're like, quote unquote, technologically impaired. I think it's because Gen Z communicates an entirely different language. And sometimes we justify this difference in communication through these different challenges that each generation had to face. You know, if we bring astrology into it, we'll see that each generation has its own Pluto sign, which indicates larger groups of people with, like, the same belief systems. For example, like, the boomers have their Pluto and Leo, so it kind of makes sense why they made decisions that benefited only them with the fiery passion of Leo. Meanwhile, millennials have their Pluto and Scorpio, giving them that existential dread that they're so well known for, which is really confusing to the boomers with their, like, Leo vibes, obviously. Gen Z, on the other hand, has their Pluto in Sagittarius, and while it is also a fire sign, it handles things very differently. This is why so many Gen Zs live in vans or travel the world during college or find a passionate interest in spirituality and human rights. I'm not trying to imply that boomers or millennials don't contribute to the world spiritually, but rather that Gen Z has this new way of expressing ourselves. Another way is like through post-production commentary. Um, when I think of this, I think of like like when the or- when I think of the origin of post-production commentary, my mind goes straight to Emma Chamberlain. I can't confidently say she started this trend because so many trends are started with smaller creators and then it's used by popular creators and then attributed to those popular creators so i have no idea i doubt that she created that style but she used it and she popularized it um so i'm just talking about things of like when someone adds a clip of them during post-production to talk about something they either originally forgot to say or they want to like comment on how embarrassing that was what i pay more attention to is like when the text pops over the footage like instead of cutting to post-production themselves they just add text in that moment in either of those situations we see two perspectives one the content creator in the moment that they were making the content and then two the content creator watching and editing the content afterwards so the viewer is consuming two versions of the content creator at the same time For boomers, they had no idea what life was like for their favorite actors and singers outside of the shows and concerts. For many millennial celebrities, they went from innocent Disney stars to drug-addicted felons, and, you know, that happened a few too many times. Of course, Gen Z celebrities haven't reached outcomes we can conclude about yet, but the way that they create their content is unlike anything I've ever seen before. When they create content, whether they're a celebrity or not, they allow their internal thoughts to be experienced by the viewer. This might be fueled by social justice being a hot topic for most people in this generation, meaning a lot of vulnerability is shared between peers in order to achieve that justice they're looking for. 
The other possibility is that we're inherently capable of processing more information at one time than any previous generation. Most people can consume multiple sources of media at one time, like being on their phone while watching TV and yet processing both experiences at the same time. And this is something that we see with what we call iPad babies. Those are the smartest motherfuckers I've ever met and they're 10 years younger than me. Like my, I meet young kids who teach me something new all the time and I'm like, and the other thing is like, we have to shift the perspective that children do not deserve respect because at this time and age children are becoming the smartest human beings i mean obviously each generation gets smarter and smarter but this is insane what's happening these ipad babies we can make fun of them all we want we can get a hundred thousand retweets on a tweet making fun of them and laugh our little asses off but they're going to be fucking smarter than us because they're pluto and capricorn these kids know more than us and if we don't listen to them and we don't respect them we're gonna get fucked up and it would be really ironic of gen z to not acknowledge that because we were those kids and we were not respected we've been treated like shit because i think there is an insecurity in older generations of the way that we're able to move through the internet the way that we're able to make so much money the celebrities of our generation through the internet It is mind-boggling, and it's scary, and it's creepy, but it's the future. But let's take a step back from the technology aspect of the linear progression of time, right? I want to read you a, a blog post that I just posted, really. I basically went through all of this whole pile of journals that I've written in my whole life. So regardless of having a phone or having a Twitter or Instagram and like posting continuously, I've always posted and I talk about that all the time. I've always been posting to the internet. But what I don't talk as much about is that I've also been writing in a journal the the whole time since I was 10 years old, probably before that. But in terms of coherent journaling, it started when I was 10. And that's a big deal because I will brag about how, you know, I'm an internet-minded person. Like, I can grasp the internet. But, like, I'm also the acoustic version of that. Um, I keep journals, and they're really important to me. So I'd love to read these entries over time. And just, like, it's honestly, like, looking back at this post... Which, by the way, you can go read it. It's on my blog. It's called Time Travel Tuesday. or It's called Tuesday Time Travel. It doesn't matter because time is not linear. But Tuesday Time Travel on my blog. You can go read it or, like, go over it while I'm reading it to you right now. But you would think, like, I wrote this as if I'm just, like, it's fictional because of how beautiful it is like you can see the ups and downs in my life so much and how I will refer to different times of my life so you can see the pattern so please like relax take a seat and let's time travel together right now it is august 10th 2021 12 24 p.m and all of the outer planets are in retrograde Well, Uranus still has to go retrograde, but that'll happen soon, leaving the inner planets direct and on their own in reality. I don't know if this is the reason why I keep thinking about younger Sadie, 
specifically freshman and high school Sadie, but not limited to her. There is also eight-year-old Sadie and three-year-old Sadie, who I barely remember knowing. I'm mostly reflecting on who I was at 15 because looking back from my 22-year-old perspective, she was so much cooler than she gave herself credit for. At the time, I was so focused on others that I never really understood how much of a catch I was. I would write handwritten letters to my friends on a daily basis. I would burn mix CDs for girls I had a crush on. I would have actually made mixtapes, but it was hard to find the equipment necessary in 2014. Even though I could have just sent them Spotify playlists. I went to thrift stores and bought mementos of conversations that internet friends and I had over text and I'd mail it to them. I'd stay up all night or wake up earlier on school days just to watch the sunrise. I was so romantic and I was so embarrassed of how romantic I was. I remember at that time seeing people in their 20s say it's better to be sad than to be numb. I thought that couldn't possibly be true because being sad hurts so bad. Now I am 22 and I realize what they meant. I trained myself to stop daydreaming before I fell asleep every night, replacing it with melatonin gummies. Started listening to music that didn't trigger strong emotions in me anymore, songs I could dance or yell to but rarely cry. I started accepting feelings as morning, afternoon, or nighttime feelings, instead of allowing my own nature. I became numb, which I found to be far worse than being sad. If I felt something at 15, I felt it. There was no stopping it and no thought of even trying to stop it. When I feel something now, my first thought is usually, is now a good time to be feeling this way? Or how can I best translate this feeling into words? When I was younger, I knew it wasn't always possible to express emotions in just language or thought. All that undoing I did to my state of mind just to have to relearn how to romanticize life. Maybe it's Pluto retrograde, could be Neptune. In any case, I feel like I am time-traveling all the time, just so that I cherish right now a little more. Which sounds like the plot of a Kurt Vonnegut book, if you ask 20-year-old Sadie. And now, I was wondering if you'd like to time-travel with me. You would? That's great. Let's start at the beginning. February 18th, 2009. Today I turned 10. Double digits. I got stamps and a $50 credit card. Also, of course, candy. It's yummy, so good, addictive too. My mom is always saying I make her feel old. It's funny. I promised my life would be good beginning at 10, then better at 11, and on. I hope 16 would be nice too. I love life. It's so nice and fun. I'll write my writing from being 10 in here. We'll have yummies. For my party, I'm going to laser tag with my friends. I can't wait. It will be so fun. I'm so happy to be me, especially since I'm always happy and ready to be a fun 10-year-old. I don't want to be anyone else, for I am Sadie Olivia. I want to learn and talk to my friends, all of my friends. Today is the day I will start a new life. What to do being 10? Maybe get blackheads? Ew. Maybe get a boyfriend? Yes. I love getting older, besides going to school, but I won't drop out no matter what. December 27th, 2011. Okay, so one thing that's on my mind is judgment. I thought about having this, I thought about this after having an argument with my mom about me being a teenager and all, and I realized no matter how old you are, you will be judged by age. When you're a child, you're too young to know any better. 
Now, sometimes it's cool because you get to get away with stuff, but other times you miss out on amazing opportunities because of it. Then, before you know it, you're a teenager and now you're reckless and untrustworthy. Now, this just completely sucks because from the start, no matter how good of a child you were, adults and children are putting their bets on what insane thing you're going to get mixed into. Will you be a druggie? Will you be a parent? Everyone's placing their bets and none will say you'll continue a stable teenhood. Lastly, when you're an adult, anyone younger than you will say you're forgetful and old. And... As much as I hate to admit it for my age, it's not fair either. Adults have been there and know what it's like, sometimes. Anyway, if we get rid of age altogether and grouped people by maturity, no one would be judged, at least as not as much as now. August 17th, 2013. Suddenly, I have become very sad. And I do not know why that is, but it scares me the way I can't fucking figure out how to be happy for more than five minutes. It's just, I can't hang out with anyone because I only have seven friends, and one is always too busy, and two I haven't talked to since the end of eighth grade, and four live very far away. And I'm so lonely and so sad, and all I want to do is cry, but no tears ever come. They just well up until I can't see, so I wipe them away. I have been told numerous times that this is what it's like being a teenager. Wow, I have one week until high school. I guess that turned on my sad button. I just don't know what to do or how to be really happy. Seriously, an 80s movie marathon with snacks and cuddling and then midnight conversations in the dark would be so fantastic. But I am alone and sad and angry and I just want to run outside and scream and then lie on the road and go to sleep. May 1st, 2014. Holy shit. I'm just... holy crap. Let me tell you. I was walking Riley with Wyatt. The sun had just set, so the sky dazzled with freckle-like stars, and the moon was illuminated so bright, it was so beautiful. The dark shade of blue itself was gorgeous. Wyatt ran ahead of me with Riley, and I looked at the quiet, dark houses and the big blue sky. I'm talking my eyes when I was a baby blue. And I didn't hear Wyatt or Riley, so I looked ahead. Wyatt was laying on the street, staring at the sky. And then I remembered. I remembered a year ago. It was a cool night, like tonight. Mom had made me so angry that night. I was losing it as it was with the girls in my life and sadness and everything. And so that night, I ran out into the dark night, the lamps just as they were tonight, the sky only a tad darker, and then I cried. I cried and I lost my goddamn mind. I took a paperclip and dug into the skin below my wrist so hard I bled. I lived with the scars for long after. They burned. That was a year ago, almost exactly. I sat down next to Wyatt and whispered, It was a year ago. And I didn't reply when he asked what was a year ago. I just looked at the stars, listened to the train and the bugs, and thought that if only I had known where I would be in one year, so happy and on the verge of tears, then I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have wanted to watch myself burn. And after all that, I'm grateful I did. Good night. November 29th, 2016. I am sad. 
I'm sad because a whole lot is going on in life and I don't know what to do with it. I failed my driver's test. I'm not sure I'll get into my number one school. A girl rejected me last night and I can't get a job for shit. Ironically, I currently have the best grades of my life. Usually, I'd want to tell everyone what happened, but my voice feels weak and I don't want to speak. Last night, I went to this concert in the basement of a coffee shop. It was dimly lit and super warm. The music shook the floor and I felt it in every part of my body. I wished that I were high or drunk or with someone I could touch. I craved carelessness, but I was weirdly so sad. So sad about that girl mostly, but also because senior year isn't what I thought it'd be. As I walked through the weirdly empty nighttime DC streets, I felt an immense loneliness. I realized that I have not yet forgiven myself for who I used to be. The Sadie that broke all those girls' hearts carelessly. I hate her. She makes me weak. I'm insecure about the old me to the point that when I talk to any of the girls I used to date, I'm sad immediately. They have forgiven me, but it doesn't matter. I haven't forgiven myself. I need to be alone and I need to let go. I have fallen out of love with myself. Yesterday in creative writing, I read my ex's story and this one line settled with me. It went, when you fall out of love, whether slowly or all at once, all those flaws you fell in love with just become flaws. It stayed with me even though I told that girl how I felt. And after I did, when she told me it wasn't good timing, I tried to see her flaws as just flaws, but I couldn't. And I know that I wasn't in love with her. I just had this huge crush. But I realized that I could continue to see her as I did. I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I'm exhausted and I feel kind of sick. If everything in this next month went as I wanted to, then I'd have her and my license and an acceptance letter to that school. But I just don't know where this road goes. Undated 2018. Suddenly, I was 19, and everything could teach me about life. You think you lose a lot when you go from being a kid to being an adult, but you don't. You only lose one thing. Your limitless... <laughs> your limitlessness. But then, when you open yourself up to everything, there it is again, and everything can teach you something. And it's a hard way to live, but it's the best way to live. What can stop you if you're open to any possibility? You can control how you see life, and that is everything you need. Because it's not the life we live, but the way we perceive it. And I'm happy. <laughs> and I'm limitless. What makes us want the things we want? Why do I want to go back to you time and time again? I don't seem to figure it out, despite the fact that every day we get farther from it. It shouldn't matter anymore, but every day it makes less and less sense. I keep wondering how we were who we were, and now we're these different people, like totally different. For a moment, I was something. Something amazing and more than I had ever been before. And then I was nothing again. April 22nd, 2020. What is music? 
What does it do up there in our minds that it feels like a stronger orgasm than I've ever had before? How my skin shivers at the old or new songs. How I can either go back into the past or ensure that this moment will last forever by listening to a new song. When did I start drinking coffee? I must have been 16. My mom must have been so excited to rewrite those boring Mormon rules she experienced. Coffee doesn't really do anything besides get my mom, stepdad, and I into the kitchen all at once. There is something so childlike about my subconscious. Sometimes I hate my phone, even though I'm the one using it. The way light comes in through the trees and how it lays like a sheet of gold over the ground. It makes my heart race and my breath stop. How could anything look so beautiful? I remember before I learned how to drive, I would sit at the bus stop and listen to Hozier. He sounded like the girl I was in love with at the time. He sounded like when green leaves turn red. How many times have I fallen in love? I asked my Venus in Pisces, but she says every goddamn day. The hardest part was not realizing I had fallen in love with my friends. It makes me mad just thinking about it. I heard this definition of love recently that says it's about making another human as happy as you possibly can. I like that idea, but it means that every time I fell in love with them romantically, the platonic love I had built up melted off my skin. I don't want romantic love until that never happens again. I think I love everyone. It doesn't take much. I love people just for existing. Even when loving someone felt like bleeding out all alone in a forest, I couldn't stop. I told myself that every morning before I look at my phone, I would write three pages of whatever came to mind. And when I'm done, I'll walk straight into the woods. Before quarantine, I never texted anyone back or answered any calls. I guess I didn't have much love to give because I made my friends unhappy. But I forgave myself for my mistakes, and I tried to figure out how to be a friend again. This includes a friend to myself, to my physical body by making her happy, to my mind by making them happy, and to my soul by making it happy. Before I went to sleep last night, I asked the spirit guides to help me die. I will do so every night. I will rinse myself through the washing machine of time and space by living for only one day. The lifespan of a fly never made sense to me until I contacted Divine. Divine said, what else is there to do? In my dreams, when the natural disaster hits or my flying fails and I hit the ground, death stops nothing. There is more to dream. So I'll drink my coffee, I'll listen to my music, and now I'll go for a walk. Those were all of my diary entries. And this was the conclusion. Nostalgia is, more than anything else, an ingredient in romanticization. It is not just a pain beckoned by retrogrades, nor a Pisces and Jupiter wet dream. It is our constant reminder that we shape the lens we film this eternal coming-of-age moment through. Try to remember when you started unlearning your fantasies of life. Which was the first summer you didn't catch a firefly? When did you start playing it cool? <laughs> when did you start playing it cool in front of others instead of talking earnestly about your interests? There's a series of moments that undoes our true self, and yet stitched back together years later, we find something even more real. 
It's okay to feel sad for the person in between the romantic past and the ideal future, but they taught us about romance too. This version of us right now creates vibrant worlds through words and moments to manifest the fantasies of our inner child. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I love you all so much. (sighs) Life is beautiful.